continue to share stories from the MENA region and the people who live them. I'm Omar, and you're listening to the Behind the Scoop podcast. This week, we have someone who has been a rising star in the acting scene, both here in Egypt and in Hollywood. Actress Rosaline Ilbey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much for asking. Now, with every person I talk to, I like to start from the beginning. Now, you were born and raised in Cairo, Egypt. Yes. Paint me a picture. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Cairo. Um, both my parents are Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I think the reason most people ask me this question as well is like, why do you talk the way you do? And the answer is colonialism. <laughs> uh, I, I went to a British school, basically. Okay. Um, so I grew up bilingual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I didn't leave Egypt until I was 18 to go to university. Um, and then back and forth um yeah so you didn't start off as an actress in fact you were studying something completely different in oxford yeah Uh, what inspired you to follow the acting career instead i don't know um i i think i used to really love it when i was a kid like when we were like my mom was like kind of when i started acting and I was like how did this happen she was like do you not remember how much you loved drama when you were a kid it's like okay yeah fair enough okay um and basically I just when I got to university um I like did a play in my first term where like one of the characters was Cleopatra and I was kind of cast just because I was like Egyptian and the brownest person in my college (laughs) you're typecast even at the very beginning a hundred percent yeah yeah no regrets (laughs) Um, and then just kind of like didn't stop going from there and I think I was in denial about it for a long time and then by the end of my second year I was doing five plays a term Okay. and my tutors were like um I think you might really like this acting thing damn it (laughs) so uh, you were doing five plays a year now was there a point doing them when you said when you felt this is something I want to pursue with the rest of my life no and when I tell you like I was in denial. I was so deeply in denial. I was like, no, I have. I was like, I want to be the minister of antiquity. And then uh, and then the revolution happened. And I was like, I want to go back to Egypt. And like, I was doing a political science masters. Um, so I was really like, kind of the only room I would give it was as like a hobby. Okay. And I had um, a producer I was working with in the UK called Thelma Holt, who's amazing and she she told me she was like you should go to drama school and i was like no thelma no i'm I, i'm going to the lsc and then on my first day at the lsc i was like should have listened to thelma um the like just literally the first day they were like welcome to the lsc and i was like no um so i ended up going to drama school after that and i, I i've heard that or i've actually read that there has been an ongoing joke within your family uh, that you wanted to be Evie from <laughs> The Mummy, essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was my favorite film. I was like, when I first got into archaeology, the whole thing was like, oh, it's just because you want to be Rachel Weisz in The Mummy, right? And I was like, yeah, why would that be a bad thing? <laughs> you don't exactly. Like, why do you think that this is, I'm not taking this as like a bad thing. And then when I switched to acting, it was like, well, you haven't really, you still want to be Rachel Weisz in The Mummy. <laughs> it's not, nothing's changed. I think it's a good it's a good guiding star for me. I think the only thing that's changed is that now instead of mummies, you're going to be followed by paparazzis, essentially. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think asking yourself, what would Evie and the mummy do before any decision is a pretty good, 
a pretty good principle. And has been working out for you? Uh, so far, so I don't know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that I've read that when once you finished your studies at London Academy for Music and Dramatic Art, you were given an no. ultimatum of sorts, either head back to the Middle East or focus uh, at, on the US and the UK. Now, obviously, you went to, on to break out of that box, but what went through your head at the time? Oh, well, you know, it's very, um, I, when I first graduated from Lambda, I thought that like, I was going to have a very linear journey, I guess. And mm-hmm. that like, I was going to stay in London. And like, I was, I was working in UK theater. I was like, I'll just, I'll keep doing that. Love theater. I was like, I'll, I'll go back to Egypt when time permit, you know? Mm-hmm. And then because of visa thing, as like all of us have experienced at some point in our lives, like actually I needed to go back to Egypt earlier than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of changed around my plans and I think it was actually like a really big gift for me okay. um, to be able to go home that early. Um, but yeah, I, I was getting like, and it wasn't like an ultimatum, it was more like just, I guess, well-meaning advice, okay. you know, from... Um, people both like my agent in the UK and also like my friends in Egypt were like no you've got to pick one and you've got to focus on it you can't do both like it just it's not a thing um you'll be far too stretched for time people won't take you seriously um and I just I don't know like I think I it wasn't so much that I had like a strategy or a plan or anything I was just like but I I want to do both (laughs) like I feel like I belong in some way to both okay uh and it it felt like what I was doing wouldn't have any value if I wasn't working in Egypt as well, because that's what I'm always thinking about. Um, but then also like I had been working in the UK since I was 18, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, that's not, a, that's not like a journey that I want to leave behind either. And like that, you know, it was just, it was just like, I guess a stubbornness or like a naivety, which was just like, I want to, I'm going to try. Because try both. Uh, I'm gonna, I, yeah. There's so yeah. much history now that I can't leave it behind, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like I was, there's, there's a part of me in all of these places. So we'll just, you know, we'll just see what happens and just try and be a yes and person, you know? Um, yeah. So I've been working out somewhat. Yeah, it has. It has, definitely. And and, and I actually think the, the, the best year that has been big for you, essentially, in 2019, you played two different roles, Amani and Rami and Sarah in Qabil. Uh, which you got both uh, critical acclaim for. Now, considering both, which is your favorite and why? Oh, come on now. Yeah. Uh, I know that... every actor has, each role is my baby, but come on, there are some favorites. Come on, let's. They're both my babies. It's tough. <laughs> like, oh, also because I filmed them both like in very quick succession. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we did, we filmed Rami. Season one was in Cairo in November and December. And then COVID started filming at the end of January. Um, so it was like, they were so close together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, like, and I'm, it's, it's boring, but like, honestly, it is both because like they, I was lucky on both, like, mm-hmm. to be spoiled with like such amazing people to work with as well. You know, um, like both of those shows, like created a little show family within a family. Um, and I got to work with like my best friends on both of them. Okay, um, I guess like the one special thing about Rami is that it was, it felt like it was like a coming together of both of my worlds in a way, Yeah. Um, which was I really special. 
yeah, it's like to get to do like, yeah, like a US show, but like to be doing it in Cairo and to like the act of Ameni showing Rami around Cairo is what I was kind of doing for the crew. So that was also well, essentially, I think Rami was huge for a lot of us in the MENA region uh, as it finally shed a light on Arabs and specifically and people from this area as normal people, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, was there like when you were working on it, was there, was there that feeling of being proud of something that's especially different from this the stereotypical roles? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it was for one thing, it was um, like when I first read like a many scenes, um, I was like, I've never seen someone who feels like me on TV. And it wasn't even, it, it wasn't something that I realized I'd been missing because I guess when you, you're so used to the absence of something or as you just kind of accepted it, it was like, yeah, like when is there going to be a role on TV that I feel like kind of straddles that confusion? And there are lots of things there are lots of ways in which I'm very different from Amani, but it was just like a sliver of life where I was like, well, I can relate to her though. She's adjacent to me. There are just little things that I can see in her. Like I, I understand her very well. And it was really lovely also to be able to... Represent. Yeah. And, and also to represent in a way that's not like throughout the show, it's never felt like we're preaching. It's not like a show which is, it's, it's not demanding that you see us as people mm -hmm. or even, or see us as like, innocence it's just it's a very honest representation of a person's perspective which is you know rami hassan mm -hmm. it's very honest and it's its main goal is to be funny and i think that that above anything is is really valuable is when we can the fact that it's it's never kind of put itself forward to be like we are the representation of mm -hmm. arabs or arab americans or egyptian americans or muslims this is a very specific story of a certain group of people and that in itself can be revolutionary when you haven't had a lot of representation. Yeah. Now, I, I need to, of course, say uh, congratulations on Kaleidoscope. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. And uh, now, first, I'd like you to give me your version, of a quick rundown on what the show is and who you play on the show. Okay. So Kaleidoscope is a very ambitious experiment. Um, basically, it is an eight-episode mini-series um, that centers around a heist um and the special thing about it is that um it is told out of sequence and anyone who accesses it on their netflix can access the episodes in any order that they wish to or go with a random ep like episode order that netflix gives them um and uh i play a character called judy goodwin who is a chemistry expert um, who is invited onto the heist crew by someone that she has a prior relationship with and unfortunately she brings along her husband, Bob. Um, and things happen. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen some of the episodes. I know what's going on. Oh my God. <laughs> she likes explosives. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's very into her. She's Judy's into her wigs and she's into her explosives. And that's how they bought me. They're like, you're going to get to blow things up and you're going to get to wear wigs. Like that's... <laughs> What I'm, in. I'm in. Again, what would Evie do? <laughs> so um, the first thing I'd like to ask about this is how was it different working on a Middle Eastern project compared to this or a Western project in general? Um, you know, there are. I think there are lots of ways in which it isn't different at all. Um, and then uh, there are things like what, what I always kind of harken back to i guess when i'm asked this question is i think there's a little bit more and it's not you know nothing it's not perfect and every industry needs reform 
Um, but there's just a little bit more, I think, democracy um, <laughs> set in the US and the UK in terms of like, you know, you're all eating from the same canteen. Whereas like in Egypt, there is very much like a strict, the principal actors eat this food and they can order whatever they like. If you're a background actor, you're just kind of like given a thing. Like I think Sandwich. that's something, uh, yeah, to bring to Egypt, kind of like just less of a rigid hierarchy. Okay. Um, places where it doesn't, well, we don't need it. But besides that, no, I think there's more, there's more similarities and differences, to be honest. I will say one thing, which is that I am like a chronically on time person. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like 9 p.m. or 2 p.m. Eastern time, like 9, 9.02. Like, she's logged on. She's been waiting. Um, <laughs> So that that's and that was drilled into me mm-hmm. by like working in the UK. Um, so it's very helpful for me. So you, to, like, you don't have Egypt time essentially. Yeah, no, I don't, and it's really like, and I wish I did because I feel like that's more like a relaxed way of being. I, I'm, I'm just I, actually, to be honest, I'm more like you. I, really, I, I, I don't I'm believe like... in Egypt time, Hollis. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I've, I've been waiting for you for 30 minutes. Yeah, I no. just I just woke up. No, what what do you no. mean? This is no, this is like this is like me and my mom. Like me and my mom are like chronically on time and my mm-hmm. dad is chronically Egypt time and I think that part of it is like the trauma of like being an on-time person with a very late father. Like I won't rather be late. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, but honestly, yeah, like I, I don't know, like the more, the more I work in both industries, the more I'm like, there are, it's, it's the same everywhere. We're all trying to do the same thing, really. Okay. Now we're going to head back to Kaleidoscope specific questions. And, uh, now what drew you to you specifically to Kaleidoscope? Was it the character or the unique concept or was something else entirely? Um, I said, well, for me, it was honestly the character, like the, the concept I was somewhat aware of and had been explained. Um, I think that like how ambitious it was very much became apparent once I had signed on and had access to all the episodes and like had talked about it with Eric Garcia, our showrunner, like extensively and was like, oh my God, this is cool. Yeah. But what I love from the audition scenes they gave me was Judy. I really love that she was just this little, like nerd gremlin person. And that that was celebrated about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the first two episodes I got were red and yellow. Um, so it was a really, it was just like, it was an insight into sort of all the things that she would get to do. And also without knowing sort of the background that led up to red, which is the episode just off the heist, just also these, um, like the depth of the relationship with these other characters. And there was, so, I mean, the scripts are so densely littered with detail about these characters. You know, there are things that are kind of like, there'd be something would be suggested by like a look or whatever, where you'd be like, oh God, there's like a whole backstory here that I don't know about. So I, I was just really excited about that. Now, what was it like getting the call from Netflix for Kaleidoscope? Oh my God. I... <laughs> Hello? My... Yeah, Hello, no, Rose, like... you're in. No, no, it was it was worse than that. My agent actually. Um, so my team called me, and like, usually I'm like really good friends with everyone on my team. And I just got this like text from one of my agents, and she was like, "Hey, um, are you free for a call?" And it was like the most business-like mm-hmm. I've ever seen Val be. So I was like, "I've done something wrong." That's always like my, my I'm like, "There's just a guilt." I'm like, what have I done? Yeah, I'm gonna get fired now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's happening? Um, so I went outside and I like called up, um, and she was like, Hey Rose. So, um, I know that like, we've got a couple of auditions for you for like these projects, but we're not going to be able to send them in. And like, in my head, I'm like, 
I I just messed up the audition so badly. Like they're blacklisted. Yeah, like I've been blacklisted for me. <laughs> and then she was like, because you got it was called Jigsaw then. So she's like, because you got Jigsaw. And then like my whole team was on the phone and they were screaming. And then I screamed <laughs> like in the middle of New York. I was on Union Square. And because oh. it's New York, not a single person turned around. Like I screamed, <laughs> like not not even. I wasn't acknowledged by a soul. So it was like I, I've never thing. been, but I can already imagine the situation. There's so much happening in NYC that oh, yeah. anything anything that happens, they they've been so desynthesized to yeah, pretty much anything. Person screaming in the vicinity of you, like no, we're all everyone here has trauma. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, I, I didn't, I like, I couldn't, I didn't quite compute that it had happened also because like, I love the audition process so much and fall in love with Eric and the team. So I, I'd like, usually you're not supposed to want something mm-hmm. like your audition and like what you're taught is like audition, throw it away. You don't know. There are so many, you know, decisions are made that have nothing to do with you. Like don't get attached to a project before you sign a contract. But I had gone attached. So I was really like secretly hoping for it, but like not giving myself permission to hope for it. So like I put the phone down mm. and then I was like, that wasn't real. And I just like went about my day, not really acknowledging that it had happened. Already in denial. Yeah. I was like, nah, that's not, that's a prank. Or like, and it's also, you know what? Sometimes it's happened where you sign a contract for something. It's happened for me. And then like something goes wrong and it actually doesn't go ahead. Mm. So I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know yet. So I like went about my day like, nah. Until you're in front of the camera. Yeah, then I didn't know until the next day. I was like, okay, maybe maybe I'm doing this job. But yeah, it was very, it was, it was a very nice day. Well, knowing your character's skill set, uh, did you ever prep for it? Especially the explosions part? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's just permission to like do all these things. Like first day, I was, you're, I'm getting trained in everything, please. I, uh, I did, oh God, this is so awful. Um, but I set up a little chemistry kit at home, um, like to like reacquaint myself with like using Bunsen burners. And we did, I got to train, like we did like work on training and stuff, but then also I got to train with stuff like using a blowtorch. I saw you welding in, in a scene too. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was, that was the thing. I was blowtorching. So I got to like learn how to do that. I spent a whole afternoon like burning things. Um, which was really nice. And because we're actors and they always like, you know, they treat us like we're made of cotton wool. Like I got like a round of applause after I didn't set anything on fire. And I was like, thank you so much. This is, <laughs> we're very fragile creatures. We just, we need like kindergarten praise. Um, that was great. But yeah, it was really fun getting to play someone who knows how to do lots of different things and also got to collaborate with the writers quite a bit. Even on things like how she uses the cesium and um how she built all her tools and stuff like we actually built that together and i'd go away and like do research and come back and they'd be like this is great and we'd like change things in the text so it was it was a really fun collaboration that's that's nice that's very awesome well there is something that i wanted to ask because this show is very unique it's uh very special now you got and you shared this tweet from the horror legend stephen king Commented that his favorite pick is essentially watching the show in chronological order. Oh, yeah. Do you feel the same way or do you have another recommendation? I don't feel the same way, but I'm also open to it. It's very interesting. Like, I, so, because all my friends and like my family have been watching it and like everyone comes back with different feedback. Okay. So I think, if anything, um, it is really teaching us it's a way to kind of confront i guess in yourself like how you 
prefer to receive your stories. Okay. Um, I'm not anti the chronological. I think you can definitely watch it in chronological order, but like I definitely have an order that I would recommend. I think the the biggest debate actually, which has been fun, is um, whether people watch Pink or White Law. Okay. Because there's a version where you watch like the first seven episodes and then White is the actual heist. So kind of the mysteries of what happened during the heist mm-hmm. and what went right and what went wrong is what like you end with. Okay. But then pink is the chronological end pink is like where you find out who lives and who and who dies um so there's been a lot of like arguing in my messages between people who are like prefer to watch pink loss and people who prefer to watch white loss i think i think uh netflix puts automatically puts white last but again everybody watches it their own way yeah yeah, yeah. and i think they they released like um a few recommended orders based on like genre And I think a couple of them ended with pink. So when we first started, like very beginning of filming and like planning the show, they were thinking that white, like you would have to watch the first seven episodes and white would unlock so that everyone would get white last regardless. Mm -hmm. And then they decided to like, actually, why not just like give people the option? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because I've known a couple of people who are not watching it either uh the the chronological order or yeah the 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 selection that they have on screen they just press on like for me for example i started with orange then then i was gonna start pink then i said no <laughs> pink is way too far in the future no, <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I was gonna destroy everything spoil everything for me in the second episode my god <laughs> so i stopped that just in time so pink is like it's like that's like chaos agents behavior yeah that, and, <laughs> So, uh, from essentially the the cast is huge. They're amazing. There's one specific actor that I love. Um, Kaleidoscope essentially is full of interesting characters. And looking at the behind the scenes photos and trailers, you've all become close. Yeah. What, what was it like on set? It was lovely. Like we, yeah. Um, I mean, I really can't say enough about like how amazing that group of people was. Um, and it's very valuable as well. Like when you're on a show for that long, we were shooting for 10 months um, and we were all like in New York together. Um, it was so lovely, like just being happy to see those people every day, both cast and crew, we got very close. Mm-hmm. Even when we've had like these like little reunion days for press and stuff. Okay. It hasn't been a reunion because we've been seeing each other the whole time. Like we wrapped filming last April. Okay. Um, and we've all been hanging out and especially Peter and I, through like complete fluke, um, did two jobs following Kaleidoscope together. Diana? We, the one Yeah, yeah. So we did both. we did a, a workshop of a play and then we did an actual play um mm-hmm. together. So like we just didn't stop working together up until November. Um, so if anything, we see each other too much. This is ridiculous. But no, it's 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 it was a really really lovely experience, and like especially working with, I mean, I was terrified of John Carlo oh, and Ruth. Exactly. My, <laughs> I was going to ask about that. John Carlo Esposito, Breaking Bad, and everything like that. How was it? It was. He, is he as cool behind the scenes? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's great. He's amazing. G G stole things from set for me. He's, he's <laughs> um, and just think, you know, like just meeting each of them for the first time was absolutely terrifying, and then very quickly not terrifying at all because they are dream people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was I. It was 
a very, very lovely special experience. And I know that that's not, I've been spoiled by, I mean, Rami and Copy, but then also this. And like uh, also our showrunners on all those projects were amazing. Like Eric on Kaleidoscope is now like a really close friend. And it's like, it's just not, that's not fair. It's like, <laughs> that's not always going to be the case that I'm not being prepared very well for when things might go wrong. I've just been having like a really great time. Well, is there an actor who you haven't worked with yet that you want to? Oh my God. Um, yeah, Rachel Weisz. Have you been listening <laughs> on? Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen her in new roles in years. So I, I was thinking, if, <laughs> to be honest. Oh yeah, my God, you need, to, you need to stalk her more. She's um, <laughs> lastingly brilliant. Um, oh my God, no, there are so many. Yeah, um, just, I mean, and that answer changes every day, to be honest with you. Um, got like recently... Uh, I don't know. I've, I also have a lasting obsession with Michaela Cole. I would love to work with Michaela Cole, both as like a creator and um, an actor. She's a genius. Um, but yeah, lo- like so many. I, I just, <laughs> I'm still just question. thinking of you should. <laughs> your line just said I should stalk her more. <laughs> <laughs> if, any, if I can leave people listening to this with any form of advice, it will Rachel Vice's career more. It will make you more happy. <laughs> well, okay. Let, let's move on. Um, is there a dream role that you'd like to play? Perfect for Rosaline. Or God, um, you know, on the one hand, it's like roles that haven't even been written yet that I can't even conceive of. Okay. Um, and on the other hand, there are lots of like historical Egyptian women that I to play and that's like i'm talking like of course ancient egyptian women because who am i um but also like women from our more recent history um who i think deserve to have their stories told and celebrated um so yeah i think something some sort of whether it's historical fiction or more like i like a biopic um situation i think just telling egyptian stories about egyptian women is something i'm very passionate about Okay. Now, looking at your acting career so far, if you had a time machine, would you go back and change anything? So I think, right, Conan O'Brien has this thing, because I listen to his podcast a lot, and he's like, no, I, I have this thing that I say, which is like, if I, I wouldn't go back and change anything, because everything that at the time I thought I would change has like led into an opportunity that I wouldn't have seen coming, mm-hmm. which is totally true. Like, I do subscribe to that, and I think a lot of the time... You know, something's happened, which is like a disappointment where like I, I booked the job and then didn't book the job or like a visa thing happened and I have to like go somewhere unplanned or like whatever it is, like the path that you have in your head that you think is like your linear sort of journey of development doesn't work out quite the way you'd hope. But then like things happen that you would never have conceived of. So I definitely believe in that. Um, whether I'd go back and change anything, I don't know that I'd change anything like I don't know if I would trust myself to go back and change the right thing for me personally. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you know about like, what if this thing that you wish had happened? What if it did happen? And then things went so, like seriously left. Okay. But then like, but would I go back and like, I don't know, do something to change like global visa regulations? Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that helps my life, my career. Maybe. Maybe get another uh, passport. You never know. 
basically, oh, like this is, yeah, this is the whole thing that I like a conversation with my mom, where she was like, should I have gone to America and like tried to like give birth to you in New York? And I was like, don't say these things to me now. I, we can't do anything about that now. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I think the every year I, there is like, there are at least a couple of reminders that are like, if things had developed the way that you had hoped for that you were convinced was like the right way or like the right sort of progression mm -hmm. this amazing thing wouldn't have happened that you would never have even seen coming you know like i couldn't have conceived of something like kaleidoscope um even a couple of years ago and like i couldn't have conceived of if i hadn't had to go back to egypt when i did and like i hadn't committed to staying in egypt for like the years that i did i don't think rami would have happened because i would have been in the uk and they weren't casting out of the UK, you know, and like what a what an amazing project to be a part of. And like people were now like just uh, like a forever part of my life. Um, so I'm very grateful. Can you tell us about your future projects that you can tell us about? No, you can't. <laughs> Nothing that I can talk about. Yeah. A sneak peek. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Um, but you know, it's it, that is that is I think the life of like an actor or anyone in this industry. To be honest, it's just like you are unemployed until you are employed, like just <laughs> ad nauseum until the day you die. Um, so yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, things that we can talk about soon. How about this? Can you give me an advice that you'd give right. other uh, other Arabs, other Arab women, other young women who want to follow in your footsteps of being an actor? Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Like, uh, like genuinely, because like I, I think one of the things that we deal with a lot of the time is self doubt, mm -hmm. and again, like well-meaning advice to try that sometimes. Um, and what I would say is like, please just do it in whatever capacity, like wherever you are, whatever capacity you have, like pursue this if you feel like it is really like what you want to do. If you have like a passion for storytelling or for acting. And also never, ever, 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 and I say this every time, mm. never listen to that part of you that may tell you that like there isn't room for you mm. um, or that like, you know, they're already enough. They're already enough like okay. African or Arab or Middle Eastern actors, you know, where, where am I gonna sit? It's like, no, there are never enough. Mm. Like this myth that there's only room for like one or two of us at a time is a myth. And we need you in front of and behind the camera you know, like we, it's very exciting, like even here, like, and, and back home, but um, I'm really proud of like the circles of like brown women um, that really like support each other and try to work together as much as we can um, and like celebrate each other. And like that circle can only grow. So, awesome. do so that. just follow your passion and just do it. That's just, a Nike, Nike commercial now. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It is. Thank you. I've been like just subtly trying to get that Nike, that Nike sponsorship. So if I get some Jordans out of this, I'll be very happy. Awesome. Well, I think I have one last question, and it's um, essentially I, I've I've read that you have two passions in life: acting and writing. <laughs> if you were to stop doing one of them, which would you choose? Omar, why? This I, I have to. What about? Where's my dog? You don't have to have a full spidery. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 have, I have to uh, to fire up the conversation a little bit, Rose. I, 
I just want to know what about this conversation has made you decide I'm a decisive person. <laughs> <laughs> what will Evie do? <laughs> what would Evie do? I don't know what Evie would do. I have no idea. I don't know. I think they both go hand in hand, honestly. Like, I think um, if I didn't have writing and producing, mm-hmm. I think I would have lost my mind as, at one point um, doing this job, especially because, you know, as an actor, a lot of the time, like, you may feel like you don't have a lot of agency mm-hmm. in terms of when the next job is coming and when the next job is going to look like. Um, so, but also like, they're just, I mean, and I think in a weird way, like the archeology span plays a part too. Like it's, it's all like the stories that we tell about ourselves, mm-hmm. um, to ourselves and to each other. Um, and I guess I'm just like floating around, like doing the different things that let me tell those stories or be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's a, that's a very difficult question. Well, how about this? I'm not going to take anything away, but I'm, I want to see which do you prefer more, acting on stage or acting in front of the camera? Oh, on stage, 100%. That's an really? easy one. You can make a decision. Yeah, no. It's, and I, <laughs> I love... We're not I referring love, to Evie on this one. No, Rose can make a decision. She, yeah, I, I, love, I love acting... And like wherever it is, but there is something about stage. Um, I think I I love the how ephemeral it is. You know, like there's something about screen where really power when it comes to screen will lie at the end of the day with your director and your editor at the end of the day, because um, they get to craft an audience's experience down to like the smallest detail. It's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, on stage there's that the connection that you have with an audience and how your the performance continues to change um and it's different every night like the room to mess up and to have that be part of the experience you know like mm-hmm. you know messing up on stage with like someone that you really trust and like turning that into part of the performance is like just like this electric thing that is not okay. gonna happen so much A little and little also pro- it's, it puts you on your toes essentially yeah, it does. Like mm. you, you can't switch off, and also rehearsal, like theater rehearsal time, is like the best. Okay. Because it's you don't get rehearsal time in on screen unless you're very, very lucky, especially these days. Um, and in theater, you get these like amazing weeks of just like being in a room, almost like you're back in drama school, just like messing around and like throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks and like developing together. Um, so yeah, I think that's always. I, if if I couldn't give up theater, okay. um, like yeah, I like didn't I ask the question. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was gonna gonna give that to you for free. I like, did not hear on the one. Thank I you. wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Great. thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I really do wish you the best of luck in thank every you. endeavor. And um, what would Evie do is gonna be the mantra of my That's life now. Thing, right? I'm like, God, I just put that on a sticker or something. I should, this is. Why haven't I written this on all of my belongings? <laughs> exactly. What would Evie do? Yep. What would Evie do? Thank you so much, Arnold. This is lovely. It, it's been a pleasure, and you have a great day, week, month, and future as well. No, yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning in. Check out this podcast and others on our website, scoopempire.com, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, and every streaming service you know. Bye. Bye.